Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hello, everyone. I'm Pamela Lee. I was a former Miss Global USA and a former Mexicano Universal USA, which is I participated in Miss Universe Mexico. I am a performing arts major. I am almost, I am also a marketing director. I do a little bit of marketing fun fact for the Houston Texans NFL and also with private clients like supplement companies or brands. I am holistic enthusiast. I actually underwent a self-healing journey in 2020 in the pandemic a different story for a different time but i can dabble into that and i actually went off to go get my certification in reiki so i'm a reiki master i also dabbled into family constellations and quantum physics so all of that anything holistic with the mind body soul connection is something that i'm so so um passionate about i also on the side being a former uh queen beauty queen I do pageant coaching and self-brand uh, coaching, kind of like I'm like your life coach, but I really also uh, give my clients or my pageant girlies that holistic side. So it's kind of like we tune into your true essence and we embody that throughout your journey. So again, I'm Pamela Lee and I'm very excited to be here. Amazing. Pamela, that I... First of all, this is our first time meeting for anyone watching or listening in. Um, I actually found you on Instagram, like I do most of the people <laughs> I interview. And when I, like I had said before, when I was doing my research on what the Global USA system mm -hmm. is, because most may not know, I am competing. I'm the North Carolina Title IV Global USA this year. Super excited. And your name came across my page. And I said, oh my goodness, I would love to interview because you have so many different sides to you. Now hearing all of the sides and all the hats you wear is just amazing. <laughs> And I want to tap into that holistic side of things. What made you interested in that? How did you kind of get into that side of like the mind-body connection? Mm -hmm. So I think for anybody that doesn't know, I think maybe from the title they kind of got it, but I am Mexican, you know, Mexican-American. And in my culture, they're very, I guess, holistic. Um, if any of you have read uh, the, the book, The Alchemist, a Toltec was a Mexican native woman, right? And so I think in my culture, we're really like about the energy and the vibes. And my mom and my grandmother used to always do like an egg cleanse. And then they'd crack the egg in water and be like, oh, like you have this energy around you. So I grew up with that, right? And I always felt like I had a sixth sense. I always felt that whenever I would walk into a room, I can kind of feel something, like whether it would be negative or positive, but I can never put my finger on it. And then it wasn't until um, I got into this uh, pageantry and modeling industry that it became much more intense. And I was like, okay, I really need to like figure something out here because I'm not going crazy. I can feel people and I, you know, even like be empathic with them. So when 2020 came around, um, I think I was in a position in my life where I kind of needed redirection. The pandemic came and I felt like that was the perfect moment for this like holistic side to come into my life. So what happened was I go in one day for a regular back massage and little did I know that the massage therapist there was like, hey, you know, started telling me about, you know, it's not only that our muscles are in knots, it's anything that you have emotionally going on with you is reflecting on your body. So if you feel a stiffness here, it's actually stress. And, you know, you have kind of like bloating issues. Maybe you hold all your anxiety and your nerves there. So I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, I need to learn about it. Then she went off to tell me, hey, if you want to come tomorrow, uh, I have an open session for Reiki. 
And I was like, well, what is that? She's like, oh, it was uh, by the Japanese and the samurai warriors. They used to like do energy healing. So I don't know if any of you or if you personally have seen the movie um, with the Karate Kid where the, the older man is kind of placing fire over him. Well, that's supposed to mimic and, uh, Reiki, but with Reiki, we don't put fire. It's just an invisible healing energy, right? It's like the balancing of the chakras. I think it's like now on trend. And so I went in for one session and it was an hour long. I felt like my body left this place and came back and I felt like 10 pounds were lifted off my shoulders and it gave me a, a sensation of peace something that I hadn't felt in a long time at that point in my life. And from then on, you know, the pandemic came, we were all locked in our homes and I underwent an eight month like self-healing journey with back-to-back Reiki meditations. I dabbled into everything. I started learning. I started becoming um, very like, like educated in that topic. And when I say, when you start healing yourself internally, externally everything starts changing around you and eight months later i got a call from an opportunity that i really wanted and i could only get it visualized and and you know i just say it's all part of like god's timing like he's sort of kind of preparing you for what's to come but you need to go by the steps that are planned so for me i had reached a point in my life where it was like hey you've done everything good but now it's time to take the next step heal yourself internally so we can proceed to promote you to the next chapter of your life so yeah that's a little bit about it and you know i fell in love with it and now i just do it to private clients or family and friends i will go to them personally and i do my reiki sessions and then afterwards you kind of get like a message so to me since i'm the master you might be if i were to do it on you you might see a color or you might see little visions in there doesn't happen to everybody everybody has different uh experiences and then to me i can sometimes feel like hey maybe you have a little bit of pain here if you're an athlete and then i can kind of pinpoint where that may come from so it's just the whole topic we can spend an hour here just talking about it but that's a little bit about that um, holistic side of me that is so intriguing and interesting all wrapped into one wow that is incredible when when you're mentioning you know god's timing roll into that pageant side of things how did that kind of get started for you in the modeling industry as a whole Uh So in the modeling industry, I actually began very young. My mom actually put me in my first pageant when I was six months old. (laughs) I don't remember anything, but, um, and then, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old, my grandmother who lived with us and also helped raise us, she got diagnosed with leukemia. And it's so funny how everything kind of has like a, a turning point in your life that affected me like really bad. And I remember my godfather was like, Hey, why don't you come to Mexico? Um, you know, get your mind off things. Like, let's put you into some extracurricular activities. And he's like, you can go into tech, you can go into painting, you can go into theater and everything. And with my grandmother, we used to watch novelas. So something in me was like, maybe I'll do theater, right? Theater and music. And I always say that when I stepped on that stage, when I started taking the classes, something in me was like, wait, this is not just something that I like. I love it. I feel passionate. There's like a whole art to it, right? understanding the motions, the body psychology, when to do it, the timing, the tying a whole storyline together, the music aspect of it. So I was like, okay, I think this is for me. Um, After that, I didn't do anything with it. I kind of came back to the States. My grandmother, unfortunately, ended up passing away. So to me, it was just a lot of family time for the next two years. When I was 12, somebody scouted me randomly, asked me if I wanted to model. I said yes. And 
the rest is history. Kind of, I always say it's like a snowball effect. I was a person that I never forced anything. I've always been a, a God faithful woman. So, uh, and a child, I was always very close to God. So I was always like, if it's for me, it will be for me. It was a snowball effect. One opportunity, it led me to meet other people. Those people allowed me to get even more opportunities. By 15, I was a traveling model for David's Bridal and all throughout Texas, I was doing in-person modeling for Michael Kors and I was getting gifts from like that, like brand. So it's just a lot that was going on. But then now something interesting that's going to tie into you, how I got into Miss Texas Global and went off to win Miss Global USA. So actually in when I got asked to do Miss Texas Global, they had asked me about three to four times. And I was like, I don't know. I had just gone off to college for performing arts. Like I, you know, was working at that time. I was like, I don't know if it's the right time. And I was telling my mom, I was like, I know I want to do pageantry because it will catapult me into what I want to do in life. But I don't know when the right time will be. And I always say that it was this, um, I think it was in the beginning month of September, I got asked again. They're like, hey, Miss Texas Global is a month away. Um, this is like the final deadline if you want to do it. And I was like, I don't know. Let me talk to my mom one more time. Called my mom and I was like, hey, what do you think? They're asking me again. I don't know if it's a sign. I don't know if I should take it. And she's like, well, you know what? Just take today, pray about it, meditate on it, um, and just see how you feel tomorrow. But if you want to do it, let's go all in. I was like, okay. Obviously, growing up, we saw Nuestra Belleza Latina, Miss Universe, all these different pageants. And I always say, I grabbed the Bible. And I prayed on it and I was like, God, I was like, I'm going to try to see if you can give me an answer, you know, through your script. So I remember I opened it on a random page and it was uh, the beginning of Proverbs. And it said something along the lines of when God sends you opportunities and you don't take them, it is also considered a sin. So I was like, listen, I think this Texas Global was presented to me for a reason. I did everything in a month. I got my dress, evening gown, kind of custom made. It was a Giovanni, but we did some alterations to it. I ordered my swimsuit. I learned the dance. I did everything. Went off. We win Miss Texas Global. And then we prepare for Miss Global USA. We end up winning and some of the extra uh, categories that you do. And then we went off to Philippines and placed fourth runner-up. But we actually uh, got runner-up in Darling of the Press. We won Best in Swimsuit. And we also placed in the top three for uh, Best in Evening Gown. So out of 75 contestants that were that year, I was like, okay, USA did something right that year. That, I think, to going from my research, that was the last time the U.S. has placed that high as mm -hmm. well. And I want to ask you, going into just the national competition for Global USA, what was like your biggest piece of advice or you think something that you gained going into it that really helped you excel during that Global USA competition? Yeah, so I have always been a person of like, work even when the doors are closed when I don't want like I and I this way I even tell my girls too that I coach and help out with I'm like I I understand everybody wants that pretty social media the appearances kind of like that perfect interview but no you have to do the work behind closed doors so I would always say that I during my prep mode I did not see a lot of my friends I even kind of restricted time a little bit from family I'm like an over achiever you can say but even whenever I was for example working out I didn't listen to music I was listening to the news what was like the top uh political conversations how can I formulate my own opinions based on the information that I was receiving through media outlets during my own research 
Um, also, when it came to something that I think that is so important, my wardrobe. I didn't want to just go in and and I understand price tags is one thing, but I would even sometimes get secondhand pieces or that were donated or gifted to me or even by friend designers. And I'd be like, okay, is this me? Is this kind of like the Pamela Lee brand that I want to show to them, like what colors personally uh, resonate with me, what's going to make me stand out. So I think for you or any girl going into their national competition or any competition is really break down to what is your personal brand. When you answer a question, make sure that you are well educated to always provide the correct uh, um, kind of like opinions and not something that you're learning or that you heard from another title holder or from your coach. Be your most authentic self and that requires a lot of time for study. Then when it comes to you, make sure that your appearances kind of tie into your personal brand. You never want to be that person that is going out there and doing 150 appearances, but they all don't have a story in between them. Like really a stand and advocate for something that you want to represent, right? Because the day of tomorrow, like that is your legacy that you're leaving behind. And you, you want like your presence and your name to have value in it. So I would just say prepare in overall aspects that you can. Because those extra five minutes of preparation, even though it might not seem that they will make a difference now, but trust me, on that stage, it will make a difference. That turn that you keep practicing in your room or down that hallway that you want to do, that like look, it will reflect on stage in an interview. It always does. That is such great advice, especially going and talking about those appearances. That is one, sometimes one of the hardest areas that you're trying uh -huh. to work on. I like that you mentioned having that story. Does it match your brand? Is it with you? Because I've been told so many different times by many different coaches, oh, just go get donuts, take it to the police department, you know, do these things. And I'm like, those are great things to do. I'm always willing to give back. Mm -hmm. That, like you said, it doesn't, that's not something that's a typical thing for me to do. That's just something you're trying to meet a quota. You're trying to be, I get being the most seen on social media doesn't mean that you have to be going every other day to the police department, donating those, yeah. you know, those donuts or the coffee, whatever you want to bring. It's not that. So I really appreciate you sharing that because that is something that I feel a lot of people listening in needed to hear. That is truly it. And I know for myself, that's something that I've been really struggling with is mm -hmm. being able to make those appearances as well as I have a national title on top of this. I'm so grateful for Miss America's United States for getting me and giving me that opportunity to go to Global USA as Miss North Carolina. So it's okay. How do I give time where it's needed? AUS deserves its time as well as Global USA does deserve its time as well. Mm -hmm. So it's you know making sure that it goes along with who I am and what I stand for as well as my brand is amazing. So I truly appreciate you sharing that. But going into the international competition, you said you went to the Philippines. Yes. What was that like? How long was the competition? I know some internationals are 30 days plus. So what was that like for you? So one of the tips that I will also give everybody competing, whether it's state, national, or international, and I offer this in my uh, pageant coaching is a pageant binder. And there you're actually able to schedule out all of your events, calendar, time, dates, outfits. I provide you with my own personal packing list because it's one thing to say a pageant coach that hasn't competed in pageants, but I think I've done it enough times that I'm like, girls, we need this. Even to like the simplest thing where I'm like, take this size bandages and then this size and take 
extra toiletries. Like I break down everything in the pageant binder and I personalize it to every one of my clients. Um, so that's one of the things that I would say, because even when you go to the international one, what helped me a lot was I had everything scheduled by the day. This day I am going to do, because uh, you know, they, they actually give you beforehand like two, like a month out in advance, what you have to pack. Like, oh, we're going to wear a purple top and a black bottom. So I always took even two to three options of every kind. Um, and I scheduled everything by the date, the outfit, um, the accessories that would go with it. Everything made my, like that pageant binder made my life so much easier. And everybody that would uh, be around me would be like, what is that? And I was like, I just made my pageant binder. I had practice questions there. I had everything to make sure that you'll be ready for that stage. And that experience was so, um, like, I would just say it just showed me a whole completely different world. Uh, when we were in Philippines, obviously, you know, we got to do some charity work there. We got to uh, expand through the outside skirts of Manila, I believe. And we visited even like these kind of like places where, you know, people with not so much uh, kind of tend to lived in. And, you know, we got to spend some time with them. We laughed, we danced, and even it was just providing hugs and smiles to those people then that just really warms your heart um and it's very also eye-opening on the sense that our hotel where we were staying at because we switched out two to three times but our hotel had you know the nicest robes and slippers for us to be in but from my window i could see that right next to our hotel was like a camp of like i guess homeless people or very you know poor people that lived right next to us and it just really makes you realize sometimes the things that are important in life and how blessed we are. So seeing that was like, okay, being here, and I actually said this on my final answer, um, and I think it's somewhere on YouTube, you can go and look at it. Uh, they asked me what would be the first thing that I would do uh, as Miss Globo if I were to win. And I said, well, my answer actually changed when I arrived here to Philippines, but because by me saying that, I wanted to let them know that the experience being in Philippines and being around those other people changed my perspective on the title. I said, yes, I would incorporate my own nonprofit organization. But the first thing that I would do, like as of tomorrow, if I were to win, is I would go out to that camp that I saw from my hotel window and go and donate school supplies. Because I'm pretty sure there, there are a ton of kids out there. And what what is a known fact? The kids of today are tomorrow's future leaders. So if there's any way that I can give back now, hopefully as then, as the future Miss Global, that would be the first thing that I would do. Um, and yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's it's very long days. Like we would be up by five in the morning, sometimes go to sleep at two in the morning. But I think it was just also being around my Miss Global sisters, accomplished women from all around the world that made it so much fun. Like you get to interact on different stories and then uh, accents and so many cultures coming together. It's just, yeah, it was an amazing time. Very eye-opening on one part, but also very heartwarming on the other. With going into a, you know, long journey like that, going for those international competitions, I know I recently talked to the Miss Eco USA and how she was kind of preparing for that style of competition. Uh -huh. How did you financially prepare for that to be gone a month long? How did you alert your job that you were in or even your college or university on here's what I'm doing and this is the time mm -hmm. I'm going to need to take for myself. So I've always been a big believer in open communication. One, whether it is you have to communicate it with your job in advance, kind of fill them in, like bring people along in the journey so that they also know um, when it is that, you know, kind of excuse your absence, right? They're like, okay, she's going for this. 
And also, I think it's okay now to be vulnerable. Like, hey, this is not just a pageant. Like, I'm doing this because I think it will really catapult me and benefit my career, my long-term goals. Like, make sure you surround yourselves with a very good, well-supportive uh, system. And also, that's one of the things that I did. Like, I made sure I had saved enough that by the month being gone, um, nothing would kind of like uh, affect me. And also, I do have to say out here in the open, I have a family that has always supported me. My my parents are like, hey, if you run into anything, I got you. I know that's not everybody's situation. But then there's also another side of like, it's okay to ask for sponsorships. It's okay if you're maybe you find yourself in a financial uh, situation where maybe it might be really, really tight for you being a month gone. Open uh, even like a, a GoFundMe, right? Open something where even ask local businesses or local family and friends like, hey, if you want to come along in my journey, you know, even those like $50 will make a difference or have somebody take care of even like your pet from like the month of being gone. So I think it's okay to be vulnerable, to ask for help when we need it. Because I know today we live in a, a day and age where we see so many people kind of um, embracing and like a really sh shining light on this. Like I'm independent and I got everything myself, but this is a reminder. It's okay to ask for help when in need. It's we're human. We all go through it. We're all in different stages of life. So yeah, that's just what I did. I made sure that I kind of prepared ahead of time because also I think I don't know if it's like that today, but if you were to win, you would stay there like an extra week or two. So you kind of have to keep that in mind and pack also extra if that were to happen, if you were to win. So I just say plan ahead and ask for help and make sure you have a good, strong, supportive system around you. That's amazing. I'm so glad that the listeners can hear, you know, what it's like to be going to a competition like that and also somewhat how to prepare for that financially, mentally, physically. And I want to ask you, after going, you know, you got done with Global USA, you came back to the United States. What happened in your life after that? Did things escalate fast or how did it work? What happened after coming back from the pageant? So one of the things that I did realize from this Global was it's, I went in with the mentality of like, I'm winning and I had my blinders on and that was it. Like, you know, and it's a good thing, but it's also kind of like can, you know, really affect you afterwards. For example, like, uh, like I said, I was just dead straight. Like, I'm just going to win. Yes, make friends, enjoy it, but winning, winning, winning. And from that experience, I gained that like, hey, yes, we have to have our blinders on to focus on us. But we also have to be like enjoying the process of it, you know, and I think at that time, you know, I was two, three years younger. So I think I put just extra pressure on myself. Um, but afterwards, no, I mean, I always say every person that you meet, whether it's in the competition, whether it's even somebody as a makeup artist, create a relationship with them. Don't force it. Don't let's not be fake out there. But genuinely like create a nice friendship relationship with them because you never know if the day of tomorrow that person will help you out and I always say the gown that I took with me to Philippines um was not even done completely finished and obviously there was no time for me to finish it on my own over there but I had attended New York Fashion Week the season before leaving to the pageant and I ended up modeling for Rian Fernandez, who we now know dressed Arbany uh, for Miss Texas, Miss, uh, Miss USA, and Miss Universe. And I built such a strong relationship with him, friendship, always keeping him in the loop of things, always, you know, congratulating him on his successes. 
that Rian Fernandez actually made his assistant drive five hours to personally deliver me three gowns for me to choose from. And, you know, Rian Fernandez is one of the top designers that I think a lot of people will even be like, oh my gosh, you know, he's such a high value person. But I'm like, that goes to show you the people that you make friendships, relationships with really can benefit you the tomorrow. And so leaving Miss Philippines, I mean, Miss Philippines from the Philippines, I, um, I had a lot of those relationships kind of, uh, follow me through my own journey. So after Miss, uh, I was in Philippines, I kind of came back home and I was trying to be like, okay, what am I going to do? I was getting asked a lot to maybe invite me to do Miss Texas USA, but I knew deep in my heart, I really wanted to, uh, pay respect to my Mexican roots, but I just didn't know when that opportunity for Miss Universe Mexico would come. And so that's when the whole um, famous story that some people know about, like I end up, I come back from Philippines, I end up getting a modeling contract to go to New York. And I'm like, okay, New York, but I'm still kind of in the loop pageantry. I was modeling in New York, attending fashion weeks, doing everything over there. And then February of 2020, I get invited to a dinner where Madison Berrios there she had just finished first runner up in Miss Universe Miss Grand Cuba and like a bunch of other people were there and it was in that dinner where I was like god I need to know again am I gonna go to Miss Universe Mexico am I gonna stay in Texas like do I stay in New York like what am I gonna do do I continue pageantry like I was just kind of lost and uh yeah I prayed on it three seconds later this man stands up who then went on to become my life coach he prepares a lot of the Miss Universe Puerto Rico queens and a lot of other queens around and he's like hey we know who you are we want to congratulate you on your journey uh that you did in Miss Phili uh, in Philippines and all of your top placements we just want to let you know if you think about continuing your pageant journey we're on board with you these are people from, again, from like Miss Universe Puerto Rico, these very high influential people. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a sign. But again, pandemic came. I went through my self-healing journey. And then eight months later, I received a call for the contract to that will catapult me to Miss Universe Mexico. So, you know, I always say, and, and a lot of the people, makeup artists, designers, everybody that helped me get to uh, Philippines and after Philippines, even relationships that I built there, all helped me when I went to Miss Universe Mexico. Half of my wardrobe was from Filipino designers. So that's actually even something that I that I always would always say in my interviews was like I had to pay respect to Philippines because the Filipinos were always behind me once they got to know the real me. So even going to my dream job for Miss Universe Mexico, yeah, I had half my wardrobe Filipinos. That is incredible. Holy moly. That really is in God's timing. Yeah. When everything just kind of happens the way it does. So from that entire journey of, you know, going to the Philippines, coming back out of it, having all of these amazing moments, spiritual awakenings, what do you think is your biggest takeaway from all of it? My biggest takeaway would be connecting to my true essence. I think especially in today's uh, society, we have a lot of opinions and a lot of examples from everybody. And I feel like sometimes, and I've been seeing this a lot from the, you know, younger teens, even kids and younger women, um, that they're struggling to find their true identity. One day they want to be one person and the next day they want to be like this influencer. Then they want to be like this queen. And it's like, okay, but we have to narrow it down and do the inner work. And that's, again, part of that I do in my pageant coaching, life coaching, I would say, is that's where the holistic side comes in because we do a lot of inner work that's like, I want you the day of tomorrow, 
because through my experiences, what helped me and also learning from coaches from everywhere, uh, you know, I've had coaches from Philippines, Thailand, uh, Puerto Rico, USA, Mexico, and I took all that information, applied it with my own experiences, and I'm just like, okay, what is this, are the steps that we need to do to help you connect to your true essence? Because the day of tomorrow, whether it's somebody that spots you for an opportunity to come out in a magazine or your a pageant interview or on stage, we need your essence to radiate. And it's not going to be through a perfect gown. It's not going to the perfect through the perfect makeup or hairstyle or the perfect shoes or the perfect pose. It's going to be through what you emit onto the people. What is it that you're going to evoke within them? And I think that's one of the, the key factors in anybody being successful in their professional personal world is connecting to your essence. Because once you get that unlocked, it's you're able to, and I think it's a bad word, but manipulate everything around you, but in a good way. You're able to have everything kind of play in your favor for the good, you know, along your journey. So that would be my one key is connecting to your true essence. That I'm just blown away by our entire conversation. This <laughs> Amazing. And I know we're getting to that 30 minute mark, but I wanted you to let everyone know, you know, how can they get in touch with you? How can they learn more about you and kind of what your social medias are or your website to find you at? So I am the most active through my Instagram and it is at Pamela Lee U. Um, and it's just a U at the end. It's the first initial of my last name. So Pamela Lee U. Uh, I am kind of branching off into TikTok, also the same as Instagram. But through my personal Instagram, if anybody is interested in any pageant coaching or if you have a business and you're interested in, in any uh, marketing, I've done a lot also embarked through the whole Amazon. I set up the sites and everything for these uh, brands. Hit me up through my Instagram and I'll be able to privately send you all of the emails and ways on how we can get started on that. But yeah, that is it. That is amazing. Well, we've come to the final question of the podcast. And I like to ask everyone the same question. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> amazing. All right. In what way has pageants positively impacted you? It has made me come out of my comfort zone. Because a lot of us are held back by fear, which is just an illusion. Um, and it allows us to really have a like very evolution of yourself personally, professionally. It has also taught me the importance of, and again, going back to it, connecting to my true essence. And it's allowed me to really blossom into the person that I am. I always say pageantry, it's not just for the girl wanting to get that crown in the end. It's for the woman who wants to become empowered. It's for the woman who wants to evolve in all ways, in all aspects of life. So it's, I always say pageantry is, it's like a college for us. We definitely learn. We truly do. And I hope that those listening today or watching us on YouTube did learn something from this episode. I know I truly did. And this was so amazing, Pamela. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. And you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.